Hey, this is Abby Wamba, and this is Why We Laugh. It's a podcast about why we laugh. We're talking to comedians about stuff like joke mechanics. We're talking to scientists about stuff like science mechanics. We're talking to regular mechanics about why they laugh, because that's what we're talking to everybody about. What makes people laugh and why? We're figuring it out. Shoot, that's what Viper Biglia says. (sighs) Maybe you should just listen to that podcast. He has such a concise intro. Hey, this is Abby Wamba, and this is another episode of Why We Laugh. Speaking of Mike Berbiglia, in this episode, I interview three sentient beings at once, one of whom is Peter Salamone, Mike Berbiglia's co-producer. Another one is a dog named Maggie, and another one is Rachel Play, who's an herb farmer in Rhode Island. The three of them together are a family, and it's really nice to talk to them. We're going to talk about their dog's tiny waist and Mike Berbiglia standing on stools and what it's been like to be newly married in a pandemic and Zoom era comedy and lots of stuff. We're going to cover a lot of ground, and they're delightful. So I hope you enjoy it. We're going to get right into that interview after these messages. From our sponsors, Confidence and Beanbag Chairs. Do you want to try something new without worrying what other people will think? Do you want to really go for something without thinking you're not worthy? Do you want to have any social interactions at all without replaying them afterwards and hating yourself? The answer is confidence. Confidence will have you going through your daily routines, same as usual, but without all the concern that you're really a sack of shit and everybody is just about to find out. Having confidence feels like doing stuff and being pretty sure you're not messing up and then not being shocked about that. Unfortunately, confidence is not available anywhere. You have to want it, but not so bad that other people can tell. You can try to procure confidence on two popular paths, getting good at everything you care about or stopping to care about anything. There are other paths to confidence, but they involve painful self-reflection and sitting with your feelings, and you don't want to do that, do you? Confidence. Another thing you can feel bad about not having. Hey, Joel. Is your chair okay? It doesn't look so good, man. Maybe you should get that thing checked out. Maybe it's something I ate. No, man. It's totally fine, aren't you, buddy? It's a beanbag chair. A beanbag chair is a garbage bag full of beans you can leave in your living room to sit on. Well, why would you want to do that? (laughs) Great question. Well... They're awful to get out of, but to sit on one, you just kind of have to stop standing and hope it has enough filling to soften your blow to the ground. And once you're down there, if you rich around a lot, sometimes you can find a position to sit in that only feels lumpy in the right places while you play Mario Kart. Wow, that doesn't sound so good. And it looks like my dad when he collapsed trying to run a 5K for lymphoma. But I still kind of want one. Yeah, isn't that wild? Oh, does anybody have some bear? Don't call an ambulance. It's too expensive. 
Beanbag chairs are available way too many places and are the only piece of furniture taking prescription blood thinners. Get one to regret one. Look at that <laughs> tiny glass you're drinking out of. Oh, so I've gone into glassware during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. That's really, that's a widespread one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Some people, a small amount of people I hear are doing bread. Okay, yeah, heard one or two. Yeah, we're going the mainstream route and getting into glassware. Yeah. Okay. This is, and we've also gone into Amaro's. What's Amaro's? It's, it's a bitter Italian liqueur. I can tell that when I asked you what Amaro's is, that you like lost a little bit of love for me. Like you were no. like, you were like, hmm. I was embarrassed because like we've been in our own pandemic bubble. Okay. And so our whole. Some people know what Amaro's is there. It, out of the three of us, our dog. Our, do- our dog just walked in. Maggie, Maggie, you want to get on the mic? Come on up, honey. You might, you might hear some squeaking. It's gonna Maggie. be great. Hi, honey. I'm not Mike Birbiglia. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Maggie, you're really cute. Maggie, you want to get on the mic? What do you want to talk about? Come on up. Oh. I'll talk Maggie. about how much I love Mama and Daddy. Maggie, do you laugh? She like, smiles. No. She does smile. Really? Well, it's okay, honey. Come up. Yeah, she does. I mean, who knows if she's actually smiling, but it feels like a smile. And You're like, who knows like if she's smile. happy? But she's <laughs> yeah. Well, scientists say, I mean, bit into scientists, but like the articles we've read have been like, dogs don't smile. It just looks like that. And you're anthropomorphizing. And we're like, fuck you. But Maggie smiles. <laughs> Maggie, Maggie does. Smiles. Maggie's yeah. part human, everyone says. Oh my Maggie. God, Maggie's cute. Say thank you, Maggie. Amy's always obsessed with her little waist. I was just going to say. Okay. <laughs> She's so, looking out the window. Rachel... And I have a common best friend. Now I'm explaining to our podcast audience. So Amy is both of our very good friend. So I was just looking at Maggie's tiny waist and I was like, I feel like a 90 year old woman because all I want to talk about is Maggie's tiny waist. (laughs) How did she get that waist so tiny? That girlish figure. (laughs) Being part greyhound is part of it. Man. Don't we all wish? (laughs) (laughs) Soon with the CRISPR edits, you can have your baby to also have a greyhound. A greyhound (laughs) All right. Well, you guys introduce yourselves. You're already adorable. Who are you? Oh, well, hi. My name is Peter Salamone, and I am a a new podcast producer as well. I, I, I work for a comedian named Mike Birbiglia. We produce a podcast uh, along with some other folks called Mike Birbiglia is Working It Out. And I also co-produce Mike's live Zoom comedy shows. And both of these things are products of the pandemic, but hopefully they both outlast the pandemic. And I am married to a very funny lady named Rachel. Aw, thank you, honey. I'm Rachel, and I am a farmer in Rhode Island. I grow medicinal herbs for tea. This is my fourth interview now, and it's my least sweaty. You guys make me the least nervous. You're just nice to talk to. so nice. (laughs) Yeah, but afterwards, I've been like, it's a different quality of sweat. It smells worse when it's Mm. nervous sweat. It's like it's more. There's more oils that come out with oh, that sweat. It's that a, sounds it like is, science. 
Okay. Yeah, it's a little bit of science I picked up on the farm. <laughs> a little bit of farm, farm science. sweat versus nervous sweat. Yeah. Versus oh, I cold bet. sweat. Right, because like yeah. farm sweat can smell good. It smells so good. It's like, yeah, I don't, I mean, I do shower a lot of the time, but I don't want to shower when I come home from the farm. But when I get off of a Zoom interview, it's yeah. like exfoliate, yeah. put yeah. essential oils on. You have to do like a deep clean. It's interesting because I have been thinking a lot about laughter, and I actually do think that this is a similar thing. Sweat has these different purposes and these different like qualities, like nervous laughter and embarrassed laughter and like joyous laughter and fake laughter, which feels terrible. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm just thinking because I was thinking about how laughter isn't like a lot of other things that way. Like tears, you can do sad, happy. That's like what you got. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> or, or something in your eye yeah <laughs> just but clear like, it out yeah but like maybe sweat is more like laughter in terms of bodily things i don't know yeah. i i'd say so yeah it's definitely not as either or as uh tears for sure yeah but i think poop might be a better one just because oh. there's a much wider range mm -hmm. yes so you're saying that laughing is like pooping? Yeah. That's what we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for boiling it down there, Peter. I just That's... wanted to make sure that I understood the correspondence there. <laughs> Let me frame this for a second. <laughs> are we saying? Yes, we are. Speaking of pauses, I am going to actually, I closed the door before, but then the document, now she's settled. So I'm going to close the door for a little better sound. I love this. Like he, our whole world is really centered around Maggie yeah, since Maggie, the pandemic. Maggie. She has a lot of anxiety and separation oh, anxiety. So we have to make sure we're available. I feel like you are doing a really good job. And I feel really, I think Sweet Maggie dear. being here is making me sweat less. Oh, she, she's a little yeah. therapy doll. Yeah. Yeah. She is. And she don't even know so, it. So two out of three of the people I'm looking at are therapists for me. And oh. Peter. <laughs> You're fine. You seem <laughs> I just, I just, I can't make things better. I just don't want to make things worse. I think you are definitely not making things worse. 100%. Okay, good. That's the most, that's, that's all I can hope for. As a, as a man, I think. As a, yes, as a man, please just. stop, just stop doing damage. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. then we'll work on doing good things. Yes. First stop doing damage. Excellent. Man, what a great I'm really into the guy you married. Oh boy. I am too. I I got so lucky. Oh, same, same. We met we knew of each other for as long as we lived in Providence for what, like five or six years. Mm -hmm. But we never met each other. Mm -hmm. But I always had a crush on this idea of my friend Mark's roommate. And it wasn't until we were both single that we met like pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. And like just hit it off. How long ago was that? Four oh, years. Three years in June? No, four years in June. Yeah, you're right. Four years. Coming up on four years. It looked like Rachel was checking a calendar that you have. Hung. Actually. It's so funny. You know, yeah. I don't want to move everything. Our, our setup is a little delicate, but why don't you say what you were actually looking I at? I was looking at, I have a Night We Met poster that shows the stars the night we met. And it has the date and the time. So we can never forget. Well, the first thing I want to ask both of you is, can you tell me about a time you remember laughing really hard? Mine is definitely from college. And my good friend, Bobby, was, uh, we all lived on the same floor. And you know how sometimes 
in dorms, there will be like something happening like down the hall and everyone's like, you got to come to so-and-so's room. Like something is happening. So something was happening. I didn't know what it was, but it was like, just go to Bobby's room or something. And there was a huge crowd of people. And in the center was my friend, Bobby, who I'm much closer with now, but I only kind of knew. And he had been challenged to drink like a, oh, I think it was a quart or probably a pint because a quart is a lot of heavy whipping cream. No, Bobby, <laughs> no. And uh, he, he drank it and everyone was like cheering, you know, around him. Then he made a beeline for the bathroom. And this is something that I, I find so surprising about myself because I'm so squeamish, but vomit is really my Achilles heel in terms of laughter. Like a good vomit joke in any movie or TV show, even if the rest of the show is terrible, like that will really make me laugh. Oh my God, so that's Bobby, who the, you are who they are doing those jokes for. <laughs> because the rest of us, the rest of us are like, why are they doing this? It's so gross. Yeah. And it's you. <laughs> Yeah, it, gets me. it always it always gets me. So my friend vomited up the cream, and it wasn't even gross. It was literally like the the white cream went in, and the white cream came out. It was like oh. no bile somehow. But the really funny part to me is that someone else in the room happened to have a camera, a real camera, not a cell phone camera, and captured on no. high speed film. No. Him vomiting up. So, and it, but you don't see his face because it's from a back angle. So, there's this photo on beautiful like film of my friend spewing out this cream into the toilet. And it's a still, it looks like a painting. And it was my desktop background for the rest of the semester. Oh my God. Rachel, you're so glad that you didn't meet him then. I I would have loved him so much. I, Are you I also I into this vomit thing? Is this funny to you for throwing up? No, it's traumatic. Okay. <laughs> okay, just checking. I'm like, they found each other. No. Yeah, no, it's not. No, funny. I mean, we we can build a bridge and a marriage on our love of farts. Okay. And like, farts are great. always good. Yeah, great. that can last forever. Yeah. No problems here. No problems here with farts. <laughs> but we create an open, welcoming space for your vomit laughter. Yes, and I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, honey? It's. I have a hard time remembering like what happens when I'm laughing a lot. Like you know when they say like you remember only like painful times, and then like time goes on, you only remember the good times. Yeah. Well, I feel like I immediately forget the good times like because they happen so quickly i'm living in the moment so hard and then it's over and then like leaving that bubble of happiness is so upsetting and depressing that you're like immediately in the future and down and so like you skipped over contentment you're just like back on the other side of it what a cool little trick you figured out to get through life <laughs> you're just like ah. If I hang on to that too long, I'll feel bad. It's not still here. <laughs> it's, but it's a shame because, like, I try and think, and I I don't remember things. Like, yeah. I remember the feeling of laughter and who I have a good time with. Mm-hmm. It's almost like my memory is like that of Maggie's, where it's just, it's the short term loses itself, but it creates enough of a rut. That, like you learn the larger picture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like larger pictures, I laugh sometimes. 
It feels nice. I, I remember who it's with. Who's it with? Who do you laugh a lot with? Well, I laugh a lot with my husband. I laugh with our good friend, Amy, Michael, oh. all our friends from college. There's something about that crew that the laughter just like never really stops. And that's who I love to laugh with the most. I mean, one story we love to tell is the time I think you might have slept been there. It was my birthday party. I think I've been to a birthday party of yours. I think so. It's while they were living in Cardin. Okay. And we woke up in the morning and we had this like really nice chocolate cake that my mom bought us. And we went to pick it up at a vegan baker and we ate half of it, but we didn't put it away because we were like 20 and it crusted over. And I remember in the morning we got up and we were hungover and we were smoking cigarettes and we just were like, yeah, let's do it. We took up the, took the cake up and threw it out the window. And then oh the train God. came after it hit the tracks and oh my And ever God. since then, it was like something we aimed to do every birthday of mine was to throw a last, like, least piece of remaining cake off of a tall building. Oh, my God. I don't think I heard that story. Well, You're not asking little... the right questions, Peter. <laughs> that, that's great, though. I love that. Yeah. Wow. It was great. It was great. It was very satisfying. Yeah. It's the end of a year. I'm another year <laughs> older. The train, <laughs> the, the train hit the cake. Yeah. I'm a, welcome to my 20s, which is was an apt metaphor for my and probably most people's 20s. Oh, my God. Feels good for me. Feels good for me. Yeah. Welcome to your 20s. You just coined a whole new term. (laughs) What? Like the train hit the cake. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Me too. Oh my goodness. Yes. All right, let's make it happen. Is that our first inside joke? Mm Mm-hmm. As three people and Maggie? Mm. Three people plus Maggie. Three creatures. She'll never tell. She'll never tell. Can you remember an early memory of (laughs) making someone else laugh and what that was like? One thing that Rachel and I have in common, which is that we're both like definitely hams and (laughs) effectively only children. Uh, Rachel has two older half-sisters. And I think we both had a history of like performing for our families. I remember like sort of dancing to Weird Al songs for my parents, friends, enjoyment. (laughs) Or performing, you know, I remember performing like a medley. It's so stupid in retrospect oh i a medley <laughs> like a no, no 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 not a musical medley but like a medley of like jim carrey movie scenes like in school for the talent show or something and yeah de- definitely those are some of my childhood memories do you feel like do you remember what it felt like to make people laugh when you oh, were doing gosh. that Wow, that's such a good question. I mean, I'm trying to think of a word better than good. It was definitely filling some sort of need for attention. And there's something that's, you know, very disarming about making somebody laugh. And, you know, though I was bullied at times, I was never the person that could get out of a fight with a joke. I wasn't in many fights, but so it wasn't really a self-defense thing. It was just like, I feel like when you make somebody laugh, or you're laughing with somebody, all the defenses are down. And it's like a very honest and sincere moment between two people. And I think as you're developing as a child, you're probably consciously or subconsciously craving those moments and Mm -hmm. those connections. Yeah. And I think to go off of what you say, it's also a way of fitting in. I remember as a kid feeling like I was a very old soul that was born into this young body I was connected to my grandparents' senses of humor, like vaudeville and all of that, and stand-up, and Bob Hope was like my idol for 
a long time. Wow. And so I felt so like such a strange kid. So making people laugh definitely made me feel like, okay, this is my role. I don't understand your culture. I don't understand like what world you kids are growing up in, but you seem to like this and this is the way I can interact with you. And then it's almost like you don't have to do any fake friendship, which we all end up doing like growing up. I grew up in a very small town and you knew everybody, but it was a great way to just like maintain friendly borders and feel comfortable. Like don't let anyone get too close, but you can still, like you said, connect with people. Mm -hmm. When did I first love to make people laugh that I can remember? Like the first, I was always like that as a little kid. Like my mom said at my great grandma's funeral, I would like run around and make everybody laugh. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, I think in person, it might be like, Pierre said, I would have like my family, we'd all have gatherings of my family. And I didn't know how to necessarily interact with older uh, relatives. And we didn't really have any other kids my age in our family. So I had to interact with the older cousins and the older aunts and uncles. And the way to do that was through comedy. Mm -hmm. So I'd get them all in a circle and I would do some stand up, do some Mandy Patinkin show tunes. And then- wow. I used to call up my grandpa and pretend I was the water company and to tell them that their that their bill was overdue. What did your grandpa say? Oh, they would play along. They were great improvisers. Oh my god. Rachel, do you still think about doing stand up ever? I would like it. I just don't know what I have to say. Mm-hmm. I, I don't feel like I have much I need to say, but I do love making the comedian laugh. That is, a, that is a nice win. Like when we go to comedy shows, um, there have been a couple of times when we've been, or maybe it was just like one one memorable time when we were uh, singled out for like crowd work and uh, Rachel, you know, it was at a Todd Barry crowd work show. Yeah, and he we spent a, a solid, solid five minutes five on minutes. us. <laughs> and that was such good five minutes. Todd Barry really knows how to pick them. Though I mean, if you are going to pick somebody to do crowd work with, I would want to pick Rachel Play. <laughs> like, because you'll be funny and you'll, but you'll, you want it to go well. You're really funny, but you, you don't have a heckling nature, you know? No, I want them to be the, they got to be on top. They gotta be, I want to beat them down. They're not going to be on top if it's you and them, but. <laughs> but it makes a difference that you want it to go well. That yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. For them and for everyone. And, and they, yeah. Because yeah. after me, they're going to have to go to someone else. No. And I want it to be good. Yeah. I mean, you could go, you could just go in there and slash their comedy tires, but you wouldn't do oh. it. Well, I think some people who go to shows that are a little more interactive, some people want to be the star of the show and other yeah. people want to see a good show and yeah. we want to see a good show. Right, right, right. Yeah. You have some experience around comedians, I hear. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when I was 13, I swore off the idea of being a stand-up comic. I used to, like, sign off my letters to my mom, love Rachel the Comedian. (laughs) But I went to a Jon Stewart show at Foxwood Casino. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. 
And I wrote him a happy Hanukkah card because it was my Hanukkah present. And I found like the stage manager or his, his like assistant or somebody. And I was like, can this get to backstage? And they were like, yes. I said, thank you. And I was mad I didn't hear from him or he didn't bring it up on stage. I'm going to try to get John Stewart to respond to this Hanukkah <laughs> It was, what year was that? Like 98? 98, got it. Was it pre-Daily Show? It was during the Daily Show, I think. Did you say Foxwoods Casino? Foxwoods. (laughs) Okay. In in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. Which is, that's a whole, a comedy show at Foxwoods Casino is a mood. (laughs) As the kids kids would say. John Stewart, I'm coming for you. <laughs> you didn't respond to that Hanukkah card from that sweet little Rachel play. I mean, wait till Twitter gets a hold of it. When you guys were talking about the first time you made people laugh, I thought about the first when I remember figuring it out and it felt surprising to me. I was doing something to make them laugh, but that it went like so well felt mm-hmm. like, oh, what is this? <laughs> Like, mm. what can I do with this? And I sort of, I wondered if you felt that too. I didn't, and I wish I did. Uh, <laughs> I I think that's one reason why I'm not a writer or not a stand-up is because I don't have, like, the action behind it, like, how to use it in a uh-huh. way to get a certain response. It was almost, I just, like, couldn't control how much energy I had in me and just needed to get it out. And if they were there for the ride, that was great. <laughs> well, I think I did... I was surprised by that in a similar way, and then I wanted more. Yeah. Like, I remember in elementary school, like, there was one day in music class where there was um, a, a ceiling tile or panel was exposed, or was, was missing, and there was, like, insulation exposed. And I think I was in second or third grade, and I, I said something to the class about that it looked like cotton candy or something. And I was like, can we eat that? And that went over great. <laughs> and then the next day... I said the same thing, like the tea, and even the teacher got a kick out of it. And then, I mean, you know, or was, you know, being nice to a child. <laughs> but then the next day, the teacher said, Does anybody have any questions? And then I remember so clearly saying, Today, can we eat that stuff? And no one laughed. Oh. And the teacher was oh. like, Peter, we need to concentrate or something. And, and I was like, oh, oh, boy, like, that's like, I milked it like too much. Oh. Mm-hmm. Wow, what a lesson. It is a hard lesson to learn. But as a kid, it's like, oh, I want that, you know, that response again. I want to feel that feeling again. But then you learn like the cap on it. And it's like, oh, so this is not just this never ending well of attention. Yes. It's a finite thing. Yeah. Oh, man. Man, I am sure that if I dug, I could come up with memories like that. And I don't want to. No, thanks. (laughs) I remember one like that. And it. It shut me down so much. I was, I'm such a sensitive person that I think it made me be extra cautious of like how edgy jo- I, my jokes were. Hmm. We were in fifth grade and we were walking up to the town cemetery for Veterans Day or something. And I was walking up with the teacher and I said, I said, are we close? And she said, oh, yeah, it's like about a quarter mile away. And I said, oh, I just love the smell of death, don't you? <laughs> Oh my god. And she got so mad with me. I felt so bad. Oh no. I'm wow. sorry, Rachel. Do you still feel bad? Yeah, I still feel bad about it. I think it's pretty funny. So if that helps counterbalance it a little bit. I'm also I've also been a teacher. I am a parent. 
So I'm going to just go ahead and I'm going to absolve you. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) I'll bring that to my therapist. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're welcome. I mean, you don't even have to. It's done. (laughs) It's gone. You both mentioned like attention or having too much energy and being funny for that reason, but also connecting with people. I mean, when you're with your partner, when you're making each other laugh, you're probably usually making each other laugh for fun. If you're looking at the reasons why you make jokes in other places, can you pinpoint any like reasons you try to make someone else laugh? I think it's most common with my partner, but also it can be common with friends, you know, close friends too. I think the world is so chaotic and it's chaotic in a macro way it's chaotic in a micro way and sometimes that can be really confusing and depressing and i think that when we make each other laugh if we are you know commenting on something that is external to us or something like that it's a way of acknowledging okay you're not crazy i also see that you know, I'm like, I also find that to be weird, or I find that to be out of place or upsetting. And then you can bond over that you both recognize the absurdity of something. And that, and that makes me feel better about the chaos. Acknowledging or highlighting this is a shared experience. We both see this this way. Yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah. I think it's also sort of a cliche joke in some movies and TV shows too, where something ridiculous will be happening. And then, you know, some uh, sarcastic character will look at another character and be like, uh, are you seeing this? Or, you know, something or like, yeah. uh, <laughs> this isn't just right. me, right? Like, <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah, there are or, uh, eyes or something. And it's definitely, you know, done to death in those settings. But in real life, it's actually really true. Sorry, our dog is going nuts. I'm just going to give her a greenie. Yeah, give her a greenie. Give Maggie a greenie. We're really, it's our goal to make this the episode you need to edit the most. This is so nice. It's so nice to talk to you. I'm still so nice. It's nice to talk to you. This is a lovely conversation. You're doing a great job. (laughs) Thank you. Rachel, like I said, can you come to every single one and say things like that to me? Well, you're so professional and we're like, I'm sitting on the bed and Rachel's sitting in a chair and I'm just like, we're sharing headphones and I feel, I feel so disgusting right now. I really need to shower disgusting. and like, and our, our dog is on the bed and we're just like, hey, we're talking on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. But you're also like, let me check your levels. Yeah. I think my microphone is bleeding. Uh, let me just set up this set. Like your sound is definitely going to be better like, than Wait, hold on. We got to put some sound paneling on. It's just a little tinny in here. Oh a little, little tinny in here. I think a little refraction. And going into this, like- you know, the the podcast that I work on now, I really know nothing about audio. I can do sort of all-purpose video production mm-hmm. and some like audio editing, but not really. And like, we're all in new, ter- I mean, I feel like a lot, a lot of, maybe not everybody, but a lot of people are in new territory. Anyway. Yeah. yeah, it's been really <laughs> kind of fun. I was thinking the other day, like all of my skills are the softest skills. They're all like, oh, you know who would be nice to go on a boat ride with is Abby. <laughs> <laughs> You know, That's so a like valuable skill, it's totally valuable, except if the boat crashes on a deserted island and everyone's like, OK, what what do we got? What does everyone here have? And I'm like, I'm nice to be around on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone else is like, I'm a carpenter. I'm a plumber. <laughs> I'm strong. And I'm like, I make jokes about all those things if you let me <laughs> you're the humanities of the boat i am i'm good at being with kids i'm good at 
caring for people. Those are nice things. But I was thinking like, so the closest I'm getting is like, I'm trying to learn audio editing. Uh, That's not going to help on a deserted island either, but <laughs> it's the closest that I am getting. So I feel like if I was on a deserted island, the first thing I would do is start a podcast though. I mean, right. Definitely. like in this That's day true. and age, I just feel yeah. like it would be a natural That thing. island would have that stuff in this day and age. Like they'd be like, what do you want to do? You're just, you can't leave, but there is this really nice shore microphone. Yeah. That's washed <laughs> up. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk about your podcast. Can we talk about your podcast that you're working on? Oh, which sure. Yeah. Working yeah. it out, which I have heard a lot of during this pandemic, and it's great. Oh, great. Nice Thank work. you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I don't really do anything. <laughs> I want to talk about what comedy's been like. I've done one stand-up show on Zoom. I don't really want to do it again. It's hard. Well, what was that? Uh, it's yeah. really, I mean, there's a total recalibration that uh, I haven't done stand-up on Zoom, so I haven't had to go through that, but I watch Mike go through it, and- he adapted fairly quickly, you know, because he's he's been doing this a long time. And we had this sort of setup in our office where we have like monitors where so he can see the audience as well as himself and uh, me at the control panel because it's just two of us in the office because of COVID, you know, restrictions. He's and- also in Rhode Island, right? He is currently in Rhode Island, although I don't know when this will air. Like, I'll say, um, yeah, Mike was in Rhode Island for a little bit because uh, he has family here and family on the Cape. So he usually spends some summers in Rhode Island anyway. So it's sort of, he just came here like a little bit early and it worked out for us. It was great. Yeah. That we could go to our- Maggie, look at how you shake. Our dog is like a cat. Where... See, you can just look at her little waist. Look at her tiny oh waist. Oh my God. She would look great in bell bottoms. <laughs> oh, wouldn't she? Mm. Or like a mermaid tail. Oh my God. She is like, she's like an anime dog. Yeah, she's like a drawing of a dog. Everyone says that. Like a lot of people say she's a Disney dog. Wow. Wow. I hate when people say everybody says the thing I said, but I really feel like it's just true about Maggie. I think you said it best. That's anime. I mean, she moves way more like an anime. We're going to find everybody that said something even remotely similar and say, do you remember when you said this thing about her dog? Let them know. Our friend Abby said it. Yes. And then you called me your friend. And I just (laughs) feel so good. She's a great person to be on a desert island with. So, um, yeah, so these Zoom shows, yeah, we've been producing these Zoom shows in Rhode Island and trying our best to simulate the live comedy experience, not only for the audience, but also for the performers. And I say plural because Mike does about an hour and we have opening comedians, usually just one opening comedian, uh, like Daniel Muggleton, Jen Saunderson, Ben Glebe, Steve Hofstetter. And uh, we work with an organization called Nowhere Comedy Club, which started up, I think, right after the pandemic. And they've been doing amazing Zoom shows with all kinds of talented people. And we're really happy that we work so well with them and and we're happy to be a part of that. And yeah, I mean, it's bizarre. I mean, it's really bizarre to have the way, and Zoom is a great application, but it, you know, we have up to a thousand people on these 
shows and not all of them are unmuted but you know a great majority of them are and it definitely sounds weird and we're trying to improve on that doing all kinds of audio tests with like professional audio engineers and we collaborated with a professional cinematographer to light the room remotely Mm -hmm. which involved again two of me and mike in the room like it was literally like mike birbiglia on a stool taping paper (laughs) to a recessed light like balancing precariously and I'm on the other side of the room. I will say though that of celebrities, I can imagine taping paper to a light on a stool. Mike Birbiglia is at the top of my list. (laughs) I can imagine him on a stool. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Let's do it. Let's get it done. Let's do it. And then he um, really likes to dive in and just, you know, and and we're all just kind of like building things and, you know, uh, setting up like, uh, c-stands and tripods in this tiny narrow office and it's kind of crazy and luckily i didn't have to be there the week that they fully converted the office into a studio because i was busy getting married (gasps) to rachel (laughs) and actually we did have a zoom wedding because of the pandemic and i wish that we had done some zoom comedy shows before we did the zoom wedding because i would have had a much better handle oh that's annoying how to run the zoom meeting and it went fine but like i mean to the extent that any zoom wedding where you have different generations (laughs) like logging on could go it is its own comedy special it was a comedy (laughs) special yeah and actually we played back the video of the the audience which was in you know a grid format and playing it back in real time we watched it on the honeymoon was like a horror film because it glitched out at certain times it was like watching like the ring and it was it would show an empty room and my dad's mom who has dementia like you could hear her voice but the picture would be of like somebody else's empty living room and be like rachel it's grandma. It's grandma. It's grandma. Oh, no. You said the G word. Oh, shoot. <laughs> the dog Maggie, doesn't like Maggie grandma. Knows. No, no, she, she loves, loves grandma. She, oh, there oh. she goes. <laughs> she loves Rachel's parents. And my parents are in Florida, and she loves Rachel's parents. And every time we say that, she runs to the window. Because Rachel's parents are the dog's grandparents. Yes. Yeah. That's right. And they love her so much, mm-hmm. and she loves them so much. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, how do I get you and Maggie to come visit me in Copenhagen? Is oh, that... pretty easy. Oh, as great. soon as the vaccine goes away, we're, we're, we're coming on the plane. She loves, she, Maggie oh. loves to travel. Yeah. Me? We'll probably take a boat instead of a plane. That's great. I'm great on a boat. Oh, that was, so I've heard. <laughs> Can I come? Guys, you're only two days away. As I got long, more jokes. As long as it doesn't crash. Yeah, the boat crashes, we're fucked. <laughs> we'll have a great time, though. No, I'm, I, I'm a great listener. I'll listen to whomever. <laughs> I can keep my mouth shut. I don't need. I learned at some point that I don't need to make jokes all the time. I can just listen quietly with a, with a kind face. <laughs> have you been to one of the Zoom shows, the North Comedy Club? I have only watched because I almost went. I think Valentine's weekend there was one that was kind of early enough for me, but it's tricky with the time zones. Yes, but I watched and clips. That- and the laughter sounds great. It sounds so much better. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm oh so my glad. God. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like studio all... laughter, which is that's such awesome. a huge improvement over like Zoom laughter where you hear one. Per- I think yeah. it's really good. Well, thanks. I mean, that a lot of that credit goes to the 
people at the Nowhere Comedy Club that are like the hosts of the Zoom meeting, and they are basically playing whack-a-mole with stray sounds. So if somebody's tea kettle goes off, they have to isolate that sound and mute that person, and there's a thousand people. So it's really bananas. That is so wild. Yeah. I wondered the difference that that makes to Mike and to like people. Like For me as an audience member, it's so much less obtrusive that I'm hearing laughs. It feels more like a shared experience, but it's not getting in the way. And I'm not like focusing on how it's a computer after the first, you know, for like in the first little bit, you're like, oh, we're on a computer show. But then you lose that. You do, I think. Imagine if you were at a comedy club watching a comedian. And of course, I, I want live performing to come back a, a, as soon as it's safe. But imagine if you're at a comedy club watching a comedian and you're enjoying it. And there's an obnoxious drunk person at the table next to you. What if the club owner could mute that person? Mm-hmm. That's the benefit of a Zoom comedy show. I would have been muted so many times. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> So I think it's a little, I think it's rough, Peter. (laughs) Itching to come back. Yeah. But I think that is really cool. I didn't know that that was your job and that you were married to Rachel, who I know. Oh, funny. Yeah. But I have been listening to Mike's podcast, which a friend recommended to me when I started thinking about doing stand up. And then I have, I've liked Mike's stuff before, but uh, my friend was like, oh, if you're thinking of doing stand-up, you should listen to this podcast. So I, when I think of Zoom comedy, I do think of Mike first. I think that he has done oh, – great. And Maria Bamford's also done a great job amazing. of figuring stuff she's out. She's amazing. Okay. Oh, she's the best. Yeah. I think she was the last comedy show we saw before the pandemic hit. You may be right. She came wow. to the Columbus Theater in Providence, Rhode Island, and, and we saw her. And uh, she was great. And she does – zoom shows and you've seen this stuff on twitter where she will want to work out new material yes like one-on-one with a person and then she'll also like meet you in a parking lot or something yeah yeah i well i heard her episode with mike too she talked about it there she'll meet someone in like a dunkin donuts or a parking Mm -hmm. lot now i think is probably more like it and she'll do all of her hour show Yep. For one person. And I love uh, Weakness is the Brand, um, her oh, new yeah. special. We haven't watched it yet. Oh, please. You need to watch it. She does. She shows that. She shows her doing it for like one person or small groups of people or like oh, a living room. Wow. It is so cool the way that she did that special. She's really. Oh, we got to check that out. She's awesome. A, she's wonderful. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, that's so cool that you guys saw her right before that closed down. Yeah. We had a good year of seeing comedy. And then that was the last one. Oh, yeah. We saw a bunch of shows and then it was just gone. What about this year? Do you think you've laughed more or less this year being home? Wow. What a good, a good question. question. I think more. I definitely think more because I get to be with him all day. <laughs> and we just have a lot of fun together. Yeah. Like comedy and fun is like the cornerstone of our relationship, I think. Yeah, I think just the fact that we're together all the time means there's more opportunity for laughter and you have to sort of laugh when the world is so crazy kind of thing. But uh, And also the fact that we adopted a dog right before the pandemic, oh. you know, when we didn't know that we were going to be in lockdown. So that's pretty funny. Like we just sometimes sit and we're not even high and we like look at the dog and just laugh because she's doing something goofy. And she's just such an innocent 
in in this world where we're all like burdened and the laughter is really heavy mm-hmm. and like it can it, like relieve something she is just like being goofy because she's in a good mood like she's like yeah baby rachel like had a lot of energy and just like <laughs> needs wants the attention she knows like this is what gives her belly rubs but mm-hmm. when we talk with friends, it's much more of a heavier laughter. Yeah. Yeah. It's more cathartic. And the other one is more, is lighter. And I think, I think that this is so interesting to think about the past year and how it's changed our laughter dynamic. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mike talks a lot about in, um, I think in the new one about inside jokes between, you know, couples. Mm-hmm. And I think that, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. But I think that our inside jokes have devolved into just nonsensical sounds. <laughs> and I know that a lot of couples may have that, a lot of friends may have that. But I mean, we'll just look at each other and be like, burp, 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 like, burp, burp, or like, like, and it's ridiculous, you know. But it's because we're also losing our minds, you know. But that is like, I think. Okay, I talked. I interviewed last week. I interviewed. Dr. Kataria, who's the founder of Laughter Yoga. And so, and yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was really cool. And I tried Laughter Yoga and it is not for me. And I, and I mm-hmm. tried it beforehand and I was really nervous about talking to him because obviously I wasn't going to say that to him, but I didn't know how it was going to go. Right. He was amazing. But he said this thing that I, what you're saying is reminding me of this. He said, humor is complicated. Laughter is simple. And it's, yeah. And he just talked about how when you're a kid, you laugh for no reason. If you stopped kids from laughing and you were like, what were you just laughing about? They'd be like, uh, he laid on me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. And, but as we grow, we intellectualize it more and more and more. And it takes more, like, we're like, is that funny? I don't know. Is this funny? What's funny? Or should I laugh? I want to laugh, but should I not? Like you get really in your head about it. And it sounds like listening to you guys, it's really sweet. Like you are feeling really comfortable with each other and it is turning into more of that play laughter, like more of that, like mm. it's just about being together and connecting and being silly and less, doesn't sound too yeah, heady. We can't, it's No, it's certainly <laughs> no, not. No, we're, we're not working on material <laughs> all the time. Not, <laughs> yeah, it's not explainable. Like, yeah, like why was that funny? Or like th- literally the way you put the spoon in the drawer, like yeah. things like that. Yeah. And I think we had flashes of that previously, but now all of it is just like so concentrated. That's so um, cool. Yeah. And um, that's sort of oh another Maggie pause. You're, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> I... I'm so yeah. into the Maggie pauses. <laughs> I'm going to edit them into their own section of this. Oh, boy. Of the like, dog interruptions? Yeah. No, just like taking care of Maggie. I want everyone to know what good dog owners you are. Oh, that's yeah. sweet. Some may Thank say you. a little helicoptery. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not me. I'm not saying what's she, it. What's she doing? What's she doing? Yeah. <laughs> Is she okay? <laughs> oh, my God. That's a, that's a really good question to think. Yeah. I think also it's – Interesting, like we haven't necessarily been drawn to comedies during the lockdown mm-hmm. yeah. all the time. Maybe during the summer we watched a few. I discovered Fun Mom Dinner. Okay. Which, I don't know Fun Mom Dinner. I'm oh, ready to watch stuff. it. Okay. 
Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it was constantly recommended to us by Netflix. Ant Man and The Exorcist are like the two wow. extremes in our house right now. Yeah, wow. but it's funny about the comedy stuff because, like, I mean, we were rewatching Marvel stuff because we were watching WandaVision. But like the you know, I work in comedy, but you mentioned weakness is the brand. I have not seen that somehow. Like, I don't know how I haven't seen it, and I'm gonna blame it on the pandemic yeah, because. Blame it. I just haven't been, I've been watching the stand-up specials of our guests on the Working It Out podcast after the podcast, which is the wrong order to do it in. Got it. Like we just Making had Taylor note. Tomlinson on and we watched Taylor Tomlinson's special the quarter life crisis, special. which Was is it? great. I oh, have so been good. avoiding watching Taylor. Listen, I know. <laughs> <laughs> we're coming for we're you. We're coming for you. I haven't watched because it's about how you're 25 and it. It makes me feel bad, but it's not your oh, fault. We we put it off for the same reasons. Okay. But I know it's, it's an, probably great, Taylor. And yeah, I know it's, I mean, it's, it's about me, not you. <laughs> it's about that. And it's not about, I mean, it's about that subject matter and it's not about that subject matter. And, um, but she has such clarity for a 25 year old. Sure. I mean, and she's just a brilliant, brilliant writer. And like, it, it's definitely <laughs> just drag. Sure. She's a great. Harder. God. <laughs> But I can't believe like how few stand-up specials we, we we've watched in the and that's something we used to bond over and watch like all the time. And, I just um, started watching stand-up, yeah. so I don't blame you at all. I just started because I like Rachel. I was like, I'm not ever going to do stand-up. I'm like, I've sw- I've signed a like I don't know. It was very dramatic for me. I was like, <laughs> definitely not, but maybe someday. But I have like signed my name in blood in the devil's book, saying <laughs> I certainly won't. Like, but then this year I was like, no, I'm really, it seems like a great time to start doing stand up. <laughs> 2020. Yeah. Wait, what? So you started it in during the pandemic? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I started it during the pandemic, but also I never, I didn't like watching it because I was like, don't you just expect me to sit there while you be funny at me? Mm. Like, I was really jealous. Yeah. It's, yeah. it, it, it's hard. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, when I first started stand up, I think I had reached a similar point where I, w- I just couldn't watch it anymore. And, and, uh, you know, it was the most fun thing in the world to me to watch stand up. And then I hit a point where I was just like, okay, I just have to, I just have to try it. But like, I was living alone in like a tiny, tiny, tiny little studio sort of cottage and just like sitting there in the dark watching stand up and being like, I have to make a choice here. Like I have to try it or else I'm going to kind of go crazy. Wow. um, Yeah. So it's definitely, it's when you have any, even a passing interest in that, whether you've tried it or not, or, or want to, but thought about it, but forgot about it. Like it definitely changes the way you take in stand up. Yeah. Yeah. It was not just like a a romp for me. If stand up was on, I was like, who did who does that person think they are? <laughs> First of all, I think that's a really great observation, Peter. I definitely think it was a big clue to me that I probably want to try it because I could not just watch it without being pissed. Mm-hmm. And is it easier now that you've gone on? Yes, gone yes. I think because it's like feels like research, and also I like just feel like at, like I'm learning from watching it, and they're so mm. good. And like I'm like, of course, this is nice to watch. You're so smart and funny, and yeah, it definitely has changed doing it. I think people's attention spans, you know, uh, even pre-pandemic, just with social media, have been so mutilated mm. that 
it's never been more true that a stand-up has to hook you in the first like five minutes and it shouldn't have to be that way Mm -hmm. like i would love to watch something that's kind of slowly builds up like i'm more accustomed to the sort of traditional stand-up presentation of an hour where they come out and they talk to the audience for a few minutes and then you can tell when they're getting into the show i like that Uh we just started to watch michelle wolf special last night and Uh He comes out and just starts a story. And uh, don't know if that was a conscious decision on her part to hook the audience, you know, that may have a low attention span. But it's hard for us too. like, we just watch and we're like, uh, and it's like, oh, it's good. But I I mean, there's so many other things and like, you're sort of paralyzed by choice. And I've slowly been trying to rehabilitate my attention span in the the pandemic. And it's not going great. You know, what's so funny is that I never, I was on the podcast once. Uh, we did like a staff best of episode at the end of the year and we were actually staying at another house. Oh, I didn't hear that one yet, actually. Oh, Peter's very funny on it. Oh, thanks, son. Um, I bet it's, he It was is. a good time, but like we recorded it in December. I, I'm, I'm not on the podcast. My mom listens to the podcast, but- doesn't understand that I'm also not on it because like when we tell her about our house search, I didn't hear you today, Peter. Something like that. (laughs) When we send her a house search, my mom will be like, Oh, that room could be your recording studio. And I'm like, do you know what my job is? (laughs) Like I am recording nothing. Like maybe she's using it as a catch all term, but I think it's funny. So I've just basically started saying yes. Like, yeah, that would be great. You know, do you do stand up still, Peter? No, I don't. No. Okay. I did it a, a couple times when I moved up to Providence in 2013. I did it a couple times in Providence and a couple times in Boston, Cambridge. Uh-huh. And um, once in Providence before the pandemic. Did you oh did God. you see him yeah. do it, Rachel? No, he wouldn't let me. Okay, I was. I, I get was that. Going, I get that so much. Yeah, I was going to host a stand up show right before the pandemic, so I I went out to like try to get my bearings again. And it was terrible. Uh, I mean, it uh-huh. was so bad. <laughs> and I've bombed before, but this was like, it was also, you know, everybody in there was another comedian waiting to get up kind uh-huh. of thing. So yeah. it was just like not even a real audience. And oh boy, I mean, I was really discouraged after that. I was like, oh man, I just don't think, I'd rather just like write tags on Mike's jokes. You uh-huh. know? Do you so do that? I do do that. Yeah. That's yeah. really fun. That's fun because it's like low risk. That's how know? I learned what that word meant is on Mike Burbiglia's podcast. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, great. Oh, the yeah. Jacqueline Novak episode oh. is like the – because I've been like – I was annoyed at first. I was like, I don't know what these words mean. I know I'm not – Yeah. Like I don't want to look them up. Funny. Come on, Mike. Yeah. Step it up. I know, right? And then Jacqueline I mean, Novak comes on and she's like, let me explain to you what these words mean. Or Mike, I think, actually explained them too. But but I was just like, yeah. this is this episode is what I'm going to tell people to listen to. Oh, yeah. she's so good. I mean, with the tags and the tangents and the secants and all that stuff. Like, I learned a lot of words too. What's secants? And she, What's a secant? Oh, it's just like, she. well, it's a whole thing. But like, you know, she was she has this bit about how uh, it might not even be a bit. It might just be something that happened to her on Twitter. She was accused by a critic of like, a critic, meaning like an audience member, or something of like going off on too many tangents. Uh. And she was describing in mathematical <gasps> oh, yes! terms what okay. a tangent is. 
it's like a tangent is like away from the point, but a secant is a shortcut to the point. So she's like, I don't go on tangents. I go on secants. Yes. Yeah. She, I think we, I think we I have think to. I'm so sorry. Maggie hates Maggie. me. Maggie's like. No, no, no. No, I'm starting to think spells. Maggie might have Maggie's to Maggie's jealous because she wasn't on the podcast. Like a laugh poop. Maggie was on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So Actually, Maggie. Maggie has her own podcast, but that's for another time. <laughs> yeah. It's it's called, it's called, oh my goodness, it's Maggie. And there's a segment on there. Oh, what is it? What's the segment? It's like, oh, couldn't help but notice. Oh, yeah, couldn't. <laughs> We're because getting you guys into... have actually made a theoretical podcast that you're doing. In our heads, yeah. yeah. It's the number one podcast in our brains. <laughs> but it's not real. Oh, my goodness. All right, we have to... we have All right, sorry, sorry. We'll this talk is my... to you again. This the was best wonderful. Thing. Thank you so oh, much so for being my so friends. Nice. I feel so much happier. Me too. That's it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Why We Laugh. And thank you to Rachel Play and Peter Salamone, who are a joy to talk to and are my new best friends. Thanks to Maggie the dog for sharing them with me. I wish we all had parents who loved us as much as yours do. Thanks to Amy Freer, who's my best friend since I was five years old. And Rachel since she was 18. Isn't it so great our friends make more friends so that they can be our friends? Thanks to Poddington Bear, who did the music in the intro and the outro. It's called Carefree to Careful. And to Scott Holmes, who did the music in the confidence ad. It's called Corporate Advertisement. And thanks so much to our sponsors, Confidence and Beanbag Chairs. 